Welcome to Theatre Club, the podcast in which we talk London theatre in all its forms with reviews, news and booze. With every episode we'll be drinking a theatre-inspired cocktail while we discuss all the shows we've been to see and give you our top tips for what shows to book tickets for. together again we've got alice oscar ruby and myself madeline back for another edition of theater club and we've got a jam-packed episode ahead of us oscar what's happening yeah we've got loads coming up we're going to discuss the almeida's latest production the writer we're going to talk about the Mikado that we went to see at the king's head pub theater um james graham's latest play quiz which i'm excited to hear about and much much more but first we'll have alice's top tip Al, what's your top tip? So my top tip for this episode is called Fun Home. It's on at the Young Vic from June the 18th until September the 1st. We've already booked our tickets and we're going at the end of June. Madeline, you need to get on board. Yes, and no, why Have do I? Have booked a ticket? Yes, we booked you one, I believe. No, it's just you and me. Oh, oh. <laughs> Why does only Madeline have to get on board? Right, then? Well, listen, because I'm going to tell you how to get the tickets. Crikey! So this is a musical play based on Alison Beck. Bechdel or Bechdel's, I'm not really sure on the pronunciation of that. It's about her, um, so based on her memoirs. And Fun Home looks back at Bechdel's discovery of her own sexuality, her relationship with her father, whom she never knew was gay, and her attempts to unlock the mysteries surrounding his life. Um, it was hugely successful on Broadway in 2015, won five Tony Awards. It has music by the same composer who did Caroline or Change. What's her name? Janine Tesori. Janine Tesori. So based on that alone, I'm in. Yeah. Because that was amazing. And the other amazing thing is that it was announced a few weeks ago that Jenna Russell will be gracing us. (gasps) I know. She's back from a short stint on EastEnders randomly. I wasn't sure. She was there for over a year. Right. That is when, okay, in my previous sort of years, I've been the biggest EastEnders fan ever. Mm-hmm. Never missed an episode. Would come back from holiday and binge watch what I'd missed, etc. Unfortunately, as Jenna Russell joined, I know, hun, that's oh. when it plummeted. <laughs> like, I mean, absolutely horrendous. So yeah, the exec at that time, bad choice. Don't watch it anymore. And sort of stopped around about the time. Jenna Russell wasted in it. She was, she, her storyline was shit. Her character was shit. She was Michelle brought back from America with Michelle, who anyone remember was played by Suzanne Tully and now is being played by Jenna Russell and it made no sense and it was totally insane. But she was wasting. It was a bad decision. I hope that she just made a wad of cash. I hope she did too. Yeah, me too. And I hope it also has gleaned her some new, maybe like people that will recognise her name from EastEnders and come see her in the theatre. Maybe, yeah, maybe. Because she is, oh, she's so amazing. We've seen her in quite a few things, haven't we? Yeah, we saw her in Merrily We Roll Along. She was fantastic in. Which is Stephen Sondheim. She's great at Sondheim stuff. She's a proper like, actor mm. and then a singer second like she's got a yeah. great voice but she's not like an Elaine Page she doesn't sort of stand and belt it she no. acts her, her all her songs so you kind of go to see how she's going to interpret something that's why she does Sondheim so well because Sondheim writes for actors yeah. not for singers and it was Grey Gardens that's what we saw she was in so good in Grey Gardens me away oh Jenna Russell she's I love incredible. you so much so I'm so <laughs> I really do honestly if, if any, I could have a dream come true but Jenna Russell comes on the show Jesus. Honestly, do you know when I feel like Russell, are you listening? Squad girls. Squad girls. So we actually, like, when I first fell in love with Jenna, when I was like (laughs) 16, no, how old were we when we went to see guys and dogs? 14, 15. And Oscar and I saved up our money to buy mum um, theatre tickets to see Guys and Dolls. Where was it? Well, Piccadilly Theatre. Okay, I don't remember. With Ian McGregor and Jane Krakowski. Fuck, mm, really? That's it was good. Oh, yeah. wow. it was but really we didn't good. really get seating and like there are different seats. We just were like, I guess we can afford the £30 seats. 
and they were so far away, weren't they? Oh yeah, we were up high. We were really up high. But it was oh, still an amazing yeah. experience we remember to this day. Yeah. Um, so anyway. yeah, fun home. There's still tickets available. Ju- the beginning of June is all sold out. Beginning of July is a couple of those have sold out. So it is starting to like pick up momentum. So mm. people want to go. I booked this still. Where did you guys book this? Uh, last year. Like last summer. <laughs> Yeah, I booked it a year ago and I did WhatsApp everyone. Ruby, the reason why you might not have booked it is because when Oscar said it was a lesbian musical and that's all he wrote, he was like, there's a lesbian musical on the young picture you want to go. That sounds right up my street. <laughs> but I mean, now I that would you have know been like, the, yes. But now that you know the general. A progressive musical, that's what I've been waiting for. I think it will be interesting. You it's didn't, like, but to be fair, you didn't really sell it to me when you wrote in the WhatsApp. I was just like, I'll just get me a ticket if it's only 10 quid. Yeah, that's true. Now that I know Jenna Russell's in it, I'm actually excited about going. I really wasn't that fast before you said that. And now that you've seen one of Janine Tesori's other works, it'll be, I think it'll be really interesting. So yeah, there are still £10 tickets available. If you like route around through some of the later dates, you'll find them. Um, and I think people should definitely go. Okay. Wow. And this is the Young Vic, where actually young often Vic. the cheap seats aren't too bad in the Young Vic. No, because it's quite small. In the Old Vic, they're awful. But in the Young Vic, they're quite I think good. they're worth it, 10 or 20 quid. I yeah. say this was one of my hottest tips I've ever had. It's as hot as last week's temperatures in London. Oh yeah, <laughs> RIP Sarah. <laughs> okay, right, let's move on. Um, yeah, so let's get on to our first show. Um, which is Quiz, the new James Graham, which I'm really, really jealous, actually, that you guys are going to see, because um, you went to see it when I was away, and I would have yes. loved to see it, and I can't wait to hear what you thought about it. I was not away, just not invited. <laughs> oh, Soz. <laughs> okay. Yeah, tell us about it. Quiz was an absolute blast. <laughs> That's what I said. when I tur- At the very end of it, I turned around to Alice, and I just went, what a trip. Like, that was just, it was so much fun. It's about, it's one of the most inventive, most sort of involving things that I'd seen in the theatre in quite a long time. Like, I still do. I mean, I love the theatre. But there will be points sometimes where I do feel I'll sort of drift off and I'll think about something else and oh, totally. I forgot to do a wash or whatever. <laughs> Not wash myself, wash my clothes. Um, <laughs> But it was like, it literally, I was captivated for the whole thing. There's, so obviously, sorry, I should say that the quiz is, it's a, it's James Graham's new play and it's based on the real life scandal of the television show of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. This happened in the year 2001. Yes, that was it. So the scandal happened in 2001 and it was a couple called the Ingrams and it was Diana and Charles and they were involved in a coughing scandal. So the allege is that they brought in someone with them who sat in the audience and then Charles Ingram would read out the four options and who wants millionaire answers and this guy would cough in the background whenever there was the correct answer was mentioned. How did he know the right answer? Because, well, this was what the whole thing did. Did you not think this was so so fascinating? The whole play outlines, it does an amazing sort of potted history of how who wants millionaire came about, i.e. the fact that this was in, like, being, being... Talk to commissioners about different commissioners and different channels for ages. People don't, and now that's what you think so bizarre about the whole thing. You think, what a hit. People didn't realise they had, they were being offered this golden goose and people were turning it down because they, they thought it's too obvious. You, you could see the answers. The concept that you could see the answers in a quiz show was so bamboozling for people that no one was really getting on board. And then finally it gets commissioned. Um, they show all that kind of process of it. They give a kind of potted history of what television was like up till then. And you forget that at that point, we still hadn't had X Factor. We hadn't had Pop Idol. We didn't have Big Brother. Nothing was around. Yeah. It was 1998 when Once Familiar Millionaire started. And it was this idea you could suddenly see normal people on telly. 
It's really funny as you say it because it basically makes me feel really old to think it, that it was that long ago. It's crazy, isn't it? 20 <laughs> years ago. And I remember yeah. how big it was. Imagine sitting around with your family nowadays watching a TV quiz show. Like, Mad- I mean, you Madeline watch- used to try and get on it. Yeah, all the time. we yeah. Maybe used to try and get Mum and Liz on it. Yeah, I remember like we all sat around and watched it. Like you kind of watch quiz shows in the afternoon now if they're just on, but that was like evening viewing. You'd oh yeah, it was on prime it was, time. It was really, really exciting. Yeah, it was properly like you. I remember my family. We'd sit down and have our dinner. Do you know what I mean? And watch it. It was just brilliant. Oh, was, like we were just obsessed. So yeah, so, sorry. <laughs> yeah, dinners in our laps. That my didn't God, in sorry. I did grow up in Scotland. <laughs> um, so, in the slums. <laughs> in the slums. <laughs> Edinburgh, not Glasgow, thank you very much. Um, so yeah, so they give this amazing sort of potted history and stuff. Anyway, so that's the kind of first half of it is the kind of the show and how the scandal and the cheating. And the second half kind of do- talks about the whole court case that was involved in it. Don't want to say too much about it because we don't want to give away too much of how exciting it was. No. But um, Alice, tell us, what was the bit that had us laughing like dreams? So the guy who plays Chris Tarrant. Keir Charles. Is that what his yeah. name is? How are you saying spelling that? K-E-I-R. K-E-I-R. Keir Charles. Charles. He is so funny. His impression is so over the top. And do you remember like how Chris Tarrant used to do that thing with his lips? would always be like, I've had £10,000. You still got ten thousand. You know what I mean. Yeah. You do all that pausing stuff. Mm-hmm. He just exaggerated all that, but in a like he took him off in such a way that you were like, "That is." He's watched tapes and tapes oh, and tapes yeah, of Chris Tarrant, yeah. and he's got it down to a T. I was actually laughing out loud for like most of it. It was hilarious. It was so funny, and they gave you little pads like you were in the audience, so you could do. A, oh B, yeah, I've C. read about this. Oh, so you feel kind of completely like you are a studio show. You eat, yeah. live, and breathe it. Yeah, worth it. So Alice and I have both got a television background. And um, so we've worked in tele, I've worked on quiz shows and the way that they captured the kind of frantic nature of it, the, the different kind of characters that will be involved. You know, you've got the kind of snippy production manager. You've got the kind of cool as a cucumber sort warm of exec. You've got the warm up at the beginning. Rubbish. So they had all these elements of it that I was like, oh my God, like, this is so what it's like. But it was amazing of people who've got no idea what, how a television show is made would be so compelled by it as well because it explains it so succinctly just how frantic frenetic and exciting it is to work mm. on these sort of things the cast were just terrific as well i mean obviously we're saying here charles was just mm. so great but the other the other players in it were just brilliant they get some audience up at some points they do quite a good job as well of telling the story of the couple their Aye. background and how they did it and they sort of give you their case as they would tell it so that you it's not a completely biased they're awful people so that's quite interesting at the end to sort of be like, hmm, that's what, so that's what they said in court. They give you all the bits they said in court. Yeah, that's interesting because I sort of, I very vaguely yeah, I remember do. the story at the time, mm. but I mean, not in a way that I ever followed the detail of it. Um, but I know that obviously it wasn't, it wasn't, well, I don't know. Maybe um, the play tells you whether it was clear cut or not, aye. but I'm not sure. Now, didn't you guys see them? Weren't they there? So that's about the most exciting thing about it is that afterwards we went to the pub and we'd spotted, Alice and I had seen that there was people, kind of, it was all a bit whispery because the night that we'd gone, it was sort of one of the press nights and there was sort of a bit whispery excitement and there was a couple and I saw that she had sort of dark hair from behind and he was sort of beside her and I was like, oh, what's going on? Look at people are pointing or whatever. And we were kind of being bustled out theatre. And then when we got out, we realised it was them. It was the Ingrams in the audience. They oh were two rows in front of us. I know. And it was that we were, we were, we were totally kicking ourselves. ourselves. Like, oh my God, I can't believe it. 
But um, yeah, so they were there. But I think almost actually in a way, I'm glad I didn't know it was out because I would have spent the whole time watching their yeah. reaction, reaction to totally. it. Um, no, it was so brilliant. I, 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 could, I can't actually recommend it highly enough. I'd recommend it for any age group as well. You know, that's the night where there were young people there. So it's just, it's one of these, like, it's so accessible, mm. completely accessible and just so enjoyable. And the whole kind of interactive aspect of it, that's super fun. We don't want to say too much about no. it because it's quite a surprise what happens. Um, but yeah, oh, please go, go, go. We're James Graham super fans. We're obsessed. Do you want to be my date, Oscar? Well, I'm definitely going to go. Yeah, me so, too. Yeah, I think we should definitely do it. It's on until June 16th. Yeah, it's quite a short run, but um, I think I there mean, are tickets available. Yes, the tickets are very reasonably priced. Um, you can get £27.50 tickets um, and £15 tickets for the back of the stalls or the dress circle until May the 7th, only until that date for some reason. They're doing a promotion at the minute and that's on the actual website for the show. And um, what would you recommend in terms of where to sit? It's one of those theatres where there's actually not mm. a bad seat in the house. Yeah, which one is quite in? wee. Um, no, the, cupboard. no cupboard. It's very shallow. It's very wide. You could sit anywhere and you'd get a good seat. It's I don't really know if good. I'm going to have time to go before the 7th of May. So I will probably use the Today's Ticks app. I was looking on that today and they had tickets still left in the afternoon. Um, and they were only £20 and they were somewhere sort of mid-stalls. So I think I'll probably... Oh, yeah, do that, hon. Yeah, the next time I've got time is like the middle of May. Or oh, they're doing so day do seats. Today's ticks. Or go and get day seats. But the today's ticks are the same price. So if they're not selling like really, really quick, I'll just stay at home and do use the app. I would also recommend go for a matinee because then when you leave matinee, you'll just want to go home and go into like a Google vortex like I did because you just want to remember everything about it. You want to watch it on YouTube. And yeah, it's totally, it's just... I really have thought about it so much since. Yeah, I'm definitely going. I've already recommended it to friends based on what you've already told yeah. me. So yeah, we'll, get well I wanted to go and, go and see it before yeah. it even came out. So let's I definitely, definitely book a date in and do it. Okay, Oscar, why don't you go and make us a cocktail, please? Um, and then you can tell me about your trip to the Mikado at the King's Head. I will be right back. So this is our Mikado-inspired cocktail called the Matcha Katusha. So it's using Japanese matcha powder um, with gin, lime juice. Could you just say that again? Why? Because I just wanted to hear it again. I didn't catch it. Oh, it's green matcha powder, (laughs) Japanese matcha. No, 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 the name, Matcha Katusha. Oh, it's called the Matcha (laughs) Katusha. Matcha Katusha. Katusha is a character from the Mikado ah, okay. and it's got matcha in it because I thought Japanesey, what's Japanesey? Matcha powder. It's very big in cocktails at the moment, apparently. Um, with gin, lime juice, I made a toasted sesame seed syrup. Um, <laughs> why do you find that so funny that I put in effort? Oh, That's hun. how you make nice drinks. It's amazing. I know it's like... Some tequila. You, sometimes you've got to toast sesame seeds, Madeline, and soak them in water and sugar to make a syrup. Jeez mm. Louise. Yeah, what do you guys think? Oh, and an egg um, white, wait, okay. hence the frothy top. Mm. Um. Oh, Christ, hun. <laughs> <laughs> it's it, really strong. It is. It packs quite a punch. Yeah. Um, I think like I quite it. like it. What do Alice you like about it, Alice is making a funny face. It's so sour. I it? think it's too sour. Do you think it's do too you? sour? I don't. I really like I it. I don't but think it's I really too like... sour. 
But I'm I really like sour. Mm. Well, you could I was thinking things. You could use, I don't like anything yeah. sweet. You could use yuzu instead of lime, and even more like tart. So I was mm. going for a. I don't know what's I mean, quite making it. It tastes like something Nathan once made me because I didn't know about that whole. That's that's how they make. Because I was always like, ooh, egg in a cocktail, ew. But that's because you get the fluffy thing. Fluffy top. You can also use the juice from chickpeas. You yeah, can. Which the new vegan no, that way. makes me feel a bit gross. Okay. But yeah, maybe this could have used they a tiny in... splash more of the sesame syrup. I just didn't make enough to add a bit more sweetness. But I do. I like a tart. I like drink. it. I really like it. So it's the matcha katisha. Um, so let's quickly talk about the Mikado. It has finished now, um, but it was the top tip tip of the week so you know you were warned um and it was fantastic <laughs> you were warned and if you didn't if go you, didn't see it, you only have yourselves to blame yes yeah, so it's fantastic charles it's caught me opera here. company again um and we've seen their stuff before so we kind of knew what it was going to be but it's i just love that little pub theater they've done the set really nicely the way they've done it is it is it it was the um kind of british consulate in japan yeah so it was old british like an old british like colonialism yeah stuff, yeah did it have some dodgy cultural appropriation? No, it didn't. Because no, they all no. they all played it British. They weren't because yeah, in the original okay. production it was very much eye makeup and everyone was Japanese. Whereas in this, it, they were all British characters that were, I guess, supposedly in Japan as um, working for the British embassy or something. So that worked really well, I thought. And it's a small company, small cast, and it was just so much fun. They had a, a man playing Katisha. Which is really funny, mm. really funny, just sort of dragging it up a bit. Yeah. Oh, she was great, really tall guy, and he sort of came out all lofty with a sort of head turban and a silk robe. And he, we were on the front row, and it's a very small theatre. And Madeline just like leant over and was like, "Hun, he smells incredible." Well, he did smell incredible. And um, just a little bit of news from the front line. I've been having a little chat with. Matthew Siviter, who played Katisha. What? How oh, you now? Yeah. What, to find out what he was wearing? To find out what perfume he was wearing. So basically, he was wearing Charlie Red by Revlon, and he paid about mm. £10 for it in boots. No way. And I remember Charlie, Charlie Red, Red. That is so old school. But honestly, Ruby, it was the more... And that's probably why it was. I felt transformed fixed by this smell like it was it because he had this amazing kimono and he was wafting it around imagine it it was a bit like going to see an opera in your living room like it was totally bonkers it's a tiny wee space yeah um and we were we were front row and he's like at one point i sort of got hit in the face by like a bit of his kimono and stuff but um no he was a lovely lovely man i emailed him to ask him what it was he Came straight back, told me what it was, and he did say that if I had hung around at the end, he would have got me the actual bottle and given it to me, which I Aww. thought was very sweet. Aww, that's um, so sweet. So, yeah, so lovely that, and I congratulated him and the rest of the cast. I said it was the most original and hilarious production I've ever seen in the Mikado. I've seen it, that's about my fourth time seeing a Mikado, and it was so funny. Like, I that was, it was hilarious. Sasha Regan is doing an all-male version of Ireland, also Gilbert and Sullivan Opera. Have you ever seen anything by Sasha Regan? No. She's amazing. She oh, does so she's, good. She does Gilbert and Sullivan, but it's all-male. The audience is so much fun. It's a riot. It's all gay guys and people on party. It's really good fun. But they're also done in a really sort of artistic and sort of tender way, aren't they? Hmm. I think. I don't know if they're all gay guys. <laughs> it's all gay guys. Hackney Empire was packed last year. Oh, you mean the audience? Yeah. Oh, I thought you meant okay. the cast of the show. <laughs> so I don't think we should and be injecting unique... people's sexuality. Yeah, yeah, it's not a unique selling point. It's an all-gay production. It's just an all-male production. <laughs> oh, come on, let's face but, it. Yeah, but, yeah, <laughs> to, yeah. to be fair. And I actually 
also have been reporting from the front line because I Facebooked Sasha Regan <gasps> with my excitement. And I said, Sasha, because we're friends on Facebook. And, yeah, well, I I sort of fangirled her a few years ago when I'd been to see something and she just wrote back being like, uh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, Sasha, it's me again. It's Alice. And I'm just reading it, like writing to say, you know, I've just seen that you're doing a new production. I can't wait. And she sent me a photo back <gasps> saying, here is like sneak previews. Wow. And it's her in rehearsals. So Can where is that on, on our Instagram or is that not allowed? Probably not. I'll send her a release form and see what she says. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a touring production, so it's not coming into London. The closest it comes to us is Richmond and Greenwich. Oh, are they close? Yeah, and Greenwich well, is... they are both in London as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, not sort of central London. Yeah. yeah. Greenwich is the cheap one, so hopefully I think we'll try and do that. But yeah, it's going all over the country. Great, when's but that? Ilanthi will be a really fun, fun one. That is, um, well, the tour's going on for ages. It comes to Richmond first in May. And then is it July that it's coming to Greenwich? Just say summer 2018. Yeah, look Whatever. it up on the website. Look it up. Basically, it's a, it's a, it's um, Oscar and I just love Ilanthi because my mum was actually in an Andram production, production yeah, I remember that. which never saw the stage because of some dramas. Backstage dramas. <laughs> Backstage oh, dramas. Drama. <laughs> Probably we, caused by Catherine, yeah. We listened to it in the car for like a year while my mum was learning all the words, so we're quite familiar. Amazing. Now, just down the road from the King's Head Theatre, where we saw Mikado is the Almeida, which we love, full of weird people. And <laughs> their newest play, The Writer, has just opened. You've all seen it. You went without me. I didn't really fancy this one. But should I have come? Try and sum it up. It's a hard play to sum up, but roughly... So basically, if I had one word for The Writer, it would be meta. It's yeah. the most meta thing I've seen in a really long time. It's basically, it's a play about writing a play. Um, the central protagonist is a female writer, hence the writer, played by Romna Garay. And it's all about the sort of struggle of artistic creation and um, and particularly about, or the sort of premise of the play is about how female artists and female writers feel compromised by the patriarchy and by what they're sort of expected to do by the male patriarchy and how that affects form and how that affects their art and how it doesn't feel so true or real to who they are. I mean, I so for that reason, I think that it's, it is kind of one for theatre fans. I'm not sure that it would appeal to a kind of mass audience. And there's actually, there's, there's a bit of it quite, quite early on where it feels really as if the play is almost directly, um, is almost, directly pitched at the at the Almeida audience it seems like mm. it's sort of talking to them Absolutely. and kind of trying to make the people in that audience feel uncomfortable you know it's a it's a kind of middle class white theater um of people you know who have a lot of kind of cultural capital and um and there's this uh, young uh, black woman uh, playing this character who does this sort of tirade at the beginning of the of the show and it's yeah it's designed to sort of make you feel uncomfortable um so yeah i think it's interesting and i think if you're interested in ideas and arguments around the theatre and you're interested in gender politics and you're interested in the politics of artistic creation then I would recommend it because I think it will kind of it will make you think it'll exactly it'll make you think it'll give you absolutely zero answers you know that's kind of it was I at one point when you're saying there's the sort of the big speech that the young girl gives at the start and at one point someone sort of interrupts her and says I don't want to hear the viewpoints of a sh- an angry 24 year old and I kind of went yes that's what's annoying me about this play. It's like a really young person's 
it was it was like aping what it was. It was like these young persons written this play and so many of the it just didn't come to fruition. It just sort of felt like she was throwing things out there and nothing landed for me. There was bits that really get began to really piss me off was that they're trying so hard to be controversial. So there's quite sort of gratuitous sex scenes, but you never see anything. Mm. At one point they bring on uh worth saying this isn't spoiling anything, but they bring on a newborn baby, which that baby must have been about Two, yeah, but that is the point. Old. Yeah, all it's this stuff point, is. That's but it's, in, it's all a it's dig. It's so and meta it, and that, because everything that happens, like you say, like. And they're somebody, all in jokes. Yeah, so, so that's an yeah. in joke about the ferryman, in fact. Oh, like, is it? Yeah. But I don't know, just for well, I've not seen the ferryman, but I just sort of thought I was. I could, like, the, there was a woman beside me who was outraged that this little baby was being brought mm. on stage. And I was like, yeah, but don't you get it? That's kind of what they're trying to do. They're trying so hard to make you angry. And it didn't make me angry. I just felt bored. Yeah, but it's... it's So, because they talk about... She talks about that in the first scene and then they do it. So it's... And also about the sort of gratuitous rape scenes, which is yeah. also a dig at a previous Almeida production. Like, that's what I mean about it. It's, it's kind of... It's really... It's very sort of inside insidery in that yeah. way, and I'm not. I think that that maybe is the reason why it doesn't necessarily work always, yeah. or doesn't land because actually. But is it supposed to not land? The whole thing's so well, exactly. Meta, that's what I mean. And she's that's trying, what I was saying. And that's she's trying I mean. to break form. So then, when it suddenly flies off, and you think, "Where's this gone?" Like, is that the whole point? Is the whole point of the ending that yeah. she can't get the ending of her play? I think so the it whole is. Things like meta and maybe like. Maybe more mm. clever than you think, or maybe less. I don't know. It's really, I think it's less yeah. clever. I think it's, like it's trying so hard to be meta. It almost leapt over into whatever is after meta, and it just lost itself. It wasn't as clever as it thought it was. It was towards the end. I was just like, "Get me out of here! Why hasn't there been an interval? Why didn't you chop half an hour off this and just make it run? It was too long." It was the, some of the acting was incredible. Some of the staging was incredible. When the lights, that light spiral thing was happening, that was amazing. And I felt like I was totally like, I'd had a few glasses of wine. Like it was an amazing sort of thing to witness, but just leaving as well. That was quite, so I saw it on a Friday night and I I seem to, I don't know the way my work schedule, but I seem to see things quite often and they'll meet on a Friday night. And usually I'm used to leaving and it's buzzy and people are talking and everyone's quite excited. And oh my God, what did you think? And literally I left and it was like, almost like silence. And it it wasn't that good silence where people were like, wow, like Hamilton, where people were just like, whoa, my socks have been knocked off. This just felt people were like, Jesus, it was a sunny evening. I wish I'd stayed at Oh, yeah, really? the pub. oh yeah. Well, the critics have been fairly divided. So people have either really liked it for all its metaness and, you know, really looked into it. But then other people, like one review I read from, um, who was it? Anne Treneman at the time says this play has to be one of the most irritating, self-involved, intellectually pretentious pieces of theatre on the planet. But so, you hey, know. Anne, go sister. Like that's, that's kind of how I See, felt I, about it. I think I fall more into the camp of, of liking it a bit more. I kind of feel the same way you did, but then I felt like I just went with it. Like that's mm, kind of, yeah. you kind of have to yeah, go with the, and like dig into it more. The more it annoys you, the more you have to be like, yes, this is the point. Yeah, it's definitely true to say that it's not, it's not setting out to be, you know, a rom, a kind of mm. entertainment thing like quizzes or yeah. like Mikado is or something like that. It is, it is very much something where, 
she's trying she's trying to be provocative she's trying to be irritating trying too almost. Hard, though, do you not maybe she's her. trying too hard yeah. or maybe it's but that actually she feels that. like those are the parameters within which most theatre operates and that she's trying to say you know actually maybe this isn't working mm. or doesn't fulfill some need of some aspects yeah. of um of being a woman or some mm-hmm. aspects of being an artist you know there's that bit there's that scene that um that the writer has with her boyfriend where she talks about yeah. why she turns down the film, film deal and about it but i can't remember the exact phrase that she uses but it's basically about saying it would be like taking a child and trying to make it more fuckable yeah um, yeah i'd remember that but yes yeah, and it's and it's, 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 the sort, of that, it's sort of that it's that point about what it takes to be, you know, classed as entertainment and to yeah. be a hit and, you know, actually where a lot of artists feel like they fit in within that. So, yeah. you know, I think that's I think that's what it's about and I think it's an interesting, to me, it's an interesting um, train of thought. Mm. Um, I think you're right. I think it could be cut a little bit. In fact, yeah, I was reading something today, though, where I think we saw it really early on. I think press night was a bit later and I think they have cut it a little bit, actually. Okay, They've tightened yeah. it up a little bit. We did need a few nips and tucks. So, Alice, are you going to go and see it? Not a chance. You'd hate it. No, Oski... I wouldn't recommend it for you, really. Oski did say I'd hate it when you came out, didn't you? Yeah. I did. Well, not hate it, but I was like, I don't think you missed you out. And like, I don't Ugh. think it would yeah, necessarily be your thing. No, I haven't got the patience for it. No. no. Um, one more thing that I wanted to talk about this episode was... Um, as I'm always on the cutting edge of theatre, I went to see this great little play. Um, it's called The Ferryman. <laughs> and oh, the hot man. scoop is it's fantastic. <laughs> Except for the bit where they bring the bloody baby on stage. Oh, <laughs> that baby was so cute. Had the fattest legs ever. Um, it was so good. I mean, obviously, it's been on since last year. Everyone's been raving about it. And last time on the last podcast, we talked about it. And I was yeah. saying, I'll definitely go. And I did. I had the day off on Wednesday. I went for day seats in the morning for the matinee. Got there at nine. There's only like <clears throat> five people in front of me. And then by sort of 10.30, it was quite a big queue. So I think probably some people didn't get matinee or went evening. But uh, yeah, front row, 12 quid. And just one of the That's best amazing, plays. Hun. One of the best plays ever. I'm so glad that you went to see it. Yeah. I'm really, really glad. I feel like it closes on the 19th of May. Yeah. I feel like you two should both go and see it. I Ruby, would. I would. Madeline and Alec you for Definitely. Also, you know, to get somewhere at nine o'clock in the morning for daisies isn't that bad. No, no, that was fine. I mean, if you went in the evening, it starts at seven, but because it's long, you'd be there till twenty past ten or something. So yeah, it is. That's long. why I wanted to do a matinee. But I would, if you can only do evening, just get do an evening, even yeah. though it's, it's Saturday. late. Yeah. Or Saturday, I think you'd probably have to get a little bit earlier than yeah. a Wednesday, maybe. But but I think if you st- even if you got there eight forty five. I'm going to make a concerted effort to go. It's, it is just such a good place, start to finish. It's just... I do want to see it. The acting's incredible. The amount of people on stage, the, everything about it was just really, really, really good. Jez but, Butterworth you know. just generally is the goose that lays the golden egg, isn't he? Yeah. Um, our next show that we're all going to go see, though, we're going to maybe try and do day seats or something. So when I was at the ferryman after I got my tickets, I went along to Piccadilly Theatre to ask um, about Strictly Ballroom see what their policy is and they're doing 25 pound day seats from 10 a.m and they're kind of scattered around the stools they actually still had some left on that day for the matinee and the evening um 
The but reviews have been bad. Yeah, I mean, they I have. They just came out. Strictly Ballroom. It might be one I will dock out of. I hate the film. Really? Uh, yeah. I, I don't know if I could stand it. And the reviews, I'm surprised. I wanted to see it, actually, because I yeah. thought it would be really fun. But I had a quick glance at some reviews today and they are just mostly really like, yeah. it's trying really hard to be funny and it's not, that it's kind of bloated, that it's just, it just sounds yeah. bad. There's little bits in all those reviews though that I think, oh, like they've said the dancing is really, like mm. some of the dance numbers are really good in the design and, you know, even Will Young's supposed to be very good doing all the sort of songs, but yeah, maybe it's just not something I really want to write 25 to put out at the moment. for me anyway. No, I wouldn't say it because of him, but I've heard that... Mm. I'm, I'm, I, like I say, I did really, really want to see it. Um, but yeah, persuade. And maybe I shouldn't let myself off. be put off by other reviewers. I should go and see what I think for myself. But I feel like at the moment, I'd probably rather see Chess. True. I'd rather see Tina Turner. Yeah, although I don't know what their day seat policy is. I called Tina Turner box office. Oh, did you? What did they say? I said, "Listen to me." <laughs> And they say we're not doing this. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, they I are doing a ballot, and I have entered the ballot. Oh, the online lottery thing. Yeah. It's getting great reviews, but I think the main girl, I forget her name, but she's getting the most rave reviews. Mm. Mm. They've obviously found someone who can really live up to yeah. how she's going to do that, what, seven times a week, eight times a week yeah, even. Yeah, Christ, that poor girl's nodules. Um, and chess, which opens tonight, actually, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not sure what their day seat policy is. I don't either. I know there's definitely today's ticks have got rush tickets, um, in the upper circle for £25, and they're usually 65 the ones that were on there today. I had a quick look, so that's quite good. Leicester that Square ticket good. booth has some as well, slightly reduced. So for today ticks rush, I was talking to Alice about this today. So yes. my, my understanding is what you have to do is you have to share it in some way on social media you, well, in order to unlock it. How does it think work? That, if you look at the page where it says share now, at the bottom it says don't share. And then a little box comes up saying please share. And then you click don't share again. So you don't have to. But oh. if you are going to go see it, just it just puts a post on your Facebook page. I don't have one. Oh, well, then you don't have to do it. You don't have to share. Don't share. You just click the button, don't share. So you don't need to share. And then I can just get them anyway. You can just get them anyway. I just discovered that this week. Mm. Yeah. Because I like to just check some days just to like see what the general uptake is on things, even of if I'm not going, but I don't want to share all the time. So um, yeah, I just had a look and they had some for today. I would kind of like to see. I just don't know if it's my Chess. thing. Yeah. Oh, hon, just for that one song. I know... Oh, Han, I thought you were going to join in. Oh, sorry, I was captivated by you. <laughs> you held my hands and I thought you were going to serenade me. I just want to go for Michael Ball. Yeah, I want to go That's for Michael true. Ball. Yeah. I quite like to see Alexandra Burke. It's in the Coliseum. I just sort of think... Yeah. I just think we should go and see it. I also want to see 42nd Street. With Lulu? Because I still haven't seen it and now Lulu's in it. So I do I want really to do like that to as well. That. I kind of want to see everyone's talking about Jamie. Oh, oh a boy, no, 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 a boy at work today. <sighs> it's been on forever. Him and I seem to have similar views. He was saying it's really worth it. Mm. And he said, see it while the original main guy's still in it. Yeah, I've heard he's very good. I would quite well, like to see that, but maybe we should go see... I vote for chess next you week. Chess. I'd say chess. Absolutely. Oh. Chess, chess, chess. I'd rather do 42nd Street. I don't know. I'm going to have to wait. Well, Alice has already seen 42nd Street. Three gets one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, is there anything else we want to talk about before oh, we yes. finish up? Oh, yes. I'd like to talk about something. So, as well as booking for um, Fun Home at the Young Vic, they've announced their new seri- season, which also includes 
um, a show of Twelfth Night, which they are calling Brass Band Meets Beyonce. It's a musical adaptation. Looks really cool, really inventive. We got £10 seats, um, band D seats, and there are some still available for the whole run. So I think that would be quite a cool thing for people to book. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Um, the other thing is the Donmar Warehouse, their new season goes on sale on May the 9th at 10am. And I've had a quick look and they're doing Measure for Measure, another Shakespeare, which I have not seen, I've... starring Hayley Atwell. Wait, what? I was reading about this production oh. today. It sounds really interesting. They're doing a lot of gender swapping. Ooh. I really want to see it. Yes. yes, I think that's going to be really good. And I love Hayley Atwell. So 9th of May, we'll put that in the diary, 10am. Let's just book cheat tickets for that one. Um and we'll look at their other shows, see what's worth booking there. So those are ones to book up. I've got another little tip as well. There's a new uh, play opening at the Bridge Theatre, which is where Julius Caesar was on, oh. called Nightfall, um, by a young playwright who's been really sort of tipped for the top. Um, it's I think it's a sort of like family drama, but basically the Bridge is a new theatre. This is their third production. It was opened by Nick Heitner and Nick Starr, who both used to run the National Theatre, I know you guys didn't necessarily love Julius Caesar that much because you didn't like the play. I thought it was the best thing I've seen this year. I absolutely loved it. I thought the production was totally exhilarating and I loved that theatre and I really want to go and see I really want to go and see more stuff there. So that opens um opens later in May, I think. So lots to look forward to and in our next episode you'll probably get a review of chess hopefully um, and Oscar and Madeline have been to see uh, the sold out sensation that is the inheritance of the young Vic I can't wait to hear you guys talk about that um, but for now don't forget to follow us on Instagram that's at theatre club podcast where you'll find a photo, photo and recipe for this week's cocktail Oscar say the name again the matcha katisha Katisha. Uh, and don't forget to subscribe and rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever it is you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening, and until next time. Bye! Bye! Bye. Bye. Is that your final answer? <coughs> 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 <coughs>